Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Make no mistake, if you're an author, you're an entrepreneur. You're selling the world on your book, aren't you? Of course, it's not as easy as launching a business and then tossing any old book up on Amazon. That's why I help entrepreneurs publish books on the specific topic and in the specific way that will launch or grow their businesses. Welcome to Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with your professor, Anna David. Hi there, you're listening to Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with your host and teacher, Anna David. But today is a day I was really schooled myself, and I was schooled on how to control my Google presence, and my guest schools you on how to create a Wikipedia page. That's a bit of a tease because really what we talked about a great deal is how hard it is to create your own Wikipedia page if you don't already have one. But he did give tips and suggestions on how to do that. And he gave the top three things you need to do right now uh, to control what people find when they Google you. How does he know all of this? Well, His name is Josh Green, and he's the CMO for a company called The Mather Group, which is a digital agency that helps companies manage how they're found online. So he knows of what we speak. He speaks. We met years ago, and he was really funny and sarcastic, and knew more about this than anybody I'd ever met, and was kind of quiet about it. There are a lot of people who are out there professing to know everything who I've learned the hard way don't know so much. So that's why I asked him to come on the show so that he could tell authors how they can improve their Google footprint. So if you want the show notes, which has links to all the places you can get this podcast, as well as uh, how you want to reach out to Josh, because you could schedule a call with him, just go to LegacyLaunchPadPub.com slash blog slash wiki. Yeah. LegacyLaunchpadPub.com slash blog slash wiki. And now I give you Josh Green. So Josh, thanks for being here today. Excited to have you here. Thanks for having me on, Anna. I was just uh, revealing to you that I find you quite hilarious. And then this cat, this just like, especially for somebody who does this for a living, but you're hilarious. Anyway, I, I don't remember people very often. And I just remember meeting you at Genius Network Annual. I think it was three years ago. Probably. Yeah. And, and finding you quite hilarious. So, so let us get into, you know, the main thing that I want to talk about today is how authors can improve their Google footprint and can they get Wikipedia pages? So let's actually start with the wiki thing. For some people, is it, is it a no, never? Um, how do you build up to the point 
let's say it's your first book out and uh, you're not terribly Googleable and you want a Wikipedia page, what do you do? You're so the funny thing about Wikipedia is there are lots and lots of paths to get to where you want to go. And things are never impossible, but they can be very, very difficult or take a long amount of time. Jumping right into it, Wikipedia has many, many rules. Um, if you if you like reading computer manuals, you'll probably enjoy reading Wikipedia rules. Otherwise, um, if you're, say, creative enough to write a book, it's probably not going to be your favorite system in the world to, to deal with. Um, the big hurdle that, that trips everyone up beyond the you shouldn't create your own page is that in order for a page to stick and not get deleted and get approved in the first place, there's a notability hurdle. Um, and in the Wikipedia world, what that means is there's a decent number of profiles of a person or a company, but they're third party based. They're not interviewing that person themselves. They're not quoting them. So those are much more challenging to get. If I'm going to write a profile of, of Anna David, it would probably make sense from a publishing standpoint to actually interview her. But Wikipedia doesn't allow you to quote yourself. Um, you know, I, I, you know, could announce that I'm seven feet tall and, and you know, uh, average 10 points a game. Um, but there would be some doubts about that if it was me saying it versus NBA.com was saying it. So that's the, the big challenge is A, getting the kind of coverage that will allow a Wikipedia page to stick. And then B, there's a human element involved in that most people when asked, are you notable, will say, of course. Um, and, and the question is actually, are you notable in the eyes of Wikipedia, which is a whole different sort of question. Um, and authors, CEOs, people in the public eye tend to have a different um, view of whether they sort of qualify for a Wikipedia page, you know, the world's encyclopedia or not. Well, okay, sorry. When you say third-party source, that is—is is that the same thing as quoting myself, kind of my blog or or something like that? Yeah. So you're not. Um, so self-published information, your blog, a press release—that's definitely a no-no. And in terms of getting over the um, notability hurdle, um, if you're interviewed and saying a lot of things about yourself. Um, there are always gray areas, but Wikipedia generally doesn't let you use something that's that's using yourself as a source. So even if I, if somebody's quoted in a Huffington Post and they're quoted saying something brilliant and that's linked to, that doesn't qualify? So the ironic thing about Wikipedia is it doesn't qualify about yourself but let's say you were quoted uh, talking about um, the improvement of um, uh, public housing supplies in, in San Francisco, and there is a page devoted to the public housing crisis in San Francisco, your quote could end up on that page. You can actually be... Um, fairly well quoted or have thought leadership in areas on Wikipedia, even without a Wikipedia page of your own. So oftentimes, um, 
you know, we'll recommend to, to clients that you may not qualify for a Wikipedia page, but if you are in the business of providing affordable housing in San Francisco or um, you've invented a genre of literature and there's a Wikipedia page uh, devoted to it, um, you know, information that you've provided out on the web at large, if it fits, can be on there. So, um, you know, it's it's interesting, you know. You, you But who wants to be on there as a source if you can't have your own page? Doesn't that look lame? It well, uh, people don't generally, you know, read a category page and then sort of go, why don't they have their own page? But what everyone does want is to have their own Wikipedia page. And generally, if you don't have a page and want one, it will generally be a very frustrating process and probably cost you a decent amount of time and money and probably not get you where you want to go, which is having a page, um, you know, just to, to generalize a great deal. So there are all these companies out there because I know people that uh, they reach out to them on LinkedIn and they say, Mm -hmm. we can get you a Wikipedia page. And one of these I really explored, they looked so legitimate. They had reviews. They had reviews. They had everything. They had no bad things said about them on the internet. And the only way you could determine that they were full of it was that if you then Googled and saw that those people with the reviews didn't have Wikipedia pages. Why are all these companies out there pretending they can do this if they can't? Probably for money would be my guess. But but Uh, then they say, oh, and we'll give you your money back if we can't do it. That's what they all say. So there are a lot of catches um, from our experience. and, And it's interesting as a company that does a lot of work for the most part, we we don't do new pages unless it's something that's that's very 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 obviously like if IBM suddenly didn't have a page that would be a company or, or an entity that needs a page. Um, a lot of times there are some things that companies can do on Wikipedia. You can essentially publish a page about anything right away. Um, the big question is is of course does it get deleted two seconds later? But if you do that, um, you can screenshot that. You've technically published a page on Wikipedia. You might get lucky and and one of them sticks for a while. Um, And there's a certain element of, of, uh, you know, you you throw enough clients at the wall. um, Some people aren't going to complain. And then you can keep the money that they've given you. It's it's sort of like the... uh, um, the, the old joke about the guy giving advice who tells half the people one thing and half the people the other thing. And so 50% of the people think he's a genius. Um, you know, I think some of the Wikipedia page creation works that way too. Um, you know, especially if it's, if it's a sketchy company, um, you know, where they can take your money and essentially say, well, we published it on Wikipedia. We're not, you know, responsible for the fact that your page no longer exists, you know, a day later. Um, seems like there are easier ways to make money than that. You, you know, would think. You, you I mean, just think. dodging angry people all the time just doesn't doesn't seem like that great a business plan. But so, okay, so let's say an author has a new book 
and, you know, first time author, and they are quite notable that, mm-hmm. you know, say our clients are all notable people. Mm-hmm. If the is, is the first job to then go get quoted in a bunch of places, not talking about themselves, but talking about things they're an expert on, and that increases their chances of being able to have a page. If you were strictly focused on Wikipedia, yes, that would be um, helpful. In general, press is good, right? It's good for SEO. It's good for book sales. It's good for opportunities. Um, You know, it will also be good for Wikipedia. Um, Trying to get press solely with the goal of getting into Wikipedia can be a little bit of a rabbit hole. What I would... um, advise authors to do is, you know, whatever you're doing as part of a launch plan, most of the things that you're going to do promotionally um, are going to benefit both your Google presence and your potential or already existing Wikipedia presence. Um, They're usually not things that are going to be extremely ROI focused. um, If you have that as your goal, though. But, uh, you know, when we when we uh, talk about how you show up in Google and how you show up in Google better, it's going to be similar information. Um, good, good publicity tends to do a world of good in a whole lot of different areas, as, as you've seen. So basically, why, in the simplest terms, should somebody not go and create their own page? Is that never going to work? How do they know that person's creating it? It's technically against the rules and it can work. I've seen it work. The challenge is it's like jumping into the deep end of the pool and trying to do a synchronized swimming routine. Somebody will be able to do it um, just intuitively, but a lot of people just jump and splash around and there are five or six sort of key pillars of of Wikipedia um, that almost always, if the, most people, what they do is decide I'm writing a page about myself. I'm not going to learn anything else about Wikipedia. I'm not going to try and create any other pages. So I'm going to go into this with no experience. Um, And, um, you know, there's all sorts of rules. Um, not least of which is you're not supposed to have sort of a marketing spin on anything. Wikipedia is meant to be an encyclopedia. And so it's very fact-based, very citation-driven, a lot of times very dry. So if you're a writer, that's probably not your natural writing tendency. So there tend to be a bunch of red flags when you submit your own page, because you've probably written it in the way you would write a biography for a conference or what you would like to hear about yourself, which is it's very difficult to get out of your your own head and sort of write in a third party way um, when you're in a a brand new environment. So, you know, there there are always gonna be case studies where someone sort of succeeds, um, but, but based on the phone calls we get, there are oftentimes a lot more people going, I hate Wikipedia, why does it not do what I want it to do? Well, I have um, a confession slash question. So I, so I have been on there for a very long time back when it was much easier. I don't remember how it happened. I truly don't remember, but 
I update it, not because I'm like trying to hustle Wikipedia, but because there are things that are out of date. Am I going to get in trouble for that? Like, should I make someone else do it? So this is the maddening part of, of Wikipedia. There are lots and lots of gray areas and lots and lots of um, irregular enforcement of things. Um, and while sometimes the, the Wikipedia philosophy is eventually the universe will work out and update your page as you've experienced, you could wait a very long time. Um, there are a variety of different you know, mechanisms, like you could use the talk page, um, you know, things like that. Technically, if, if someone showed up and, you know, figured out it was you updating your own page, they could revert the edits. Um, it's sort of an interesting uh, conundrum in that you probably updated facts, so you could get scolded and they could revert to inaccurate facts, which would not be um, sort of consistent. The overall sort of rule with Wikipedia is you want to be trying to make it better. So um, someone who's a stickler for some Wikipedia rules could absolutely argue that you should not do that. And there's another way to do it. And, and you, you, this is a terrible example of editing Wikipedia. You could also have someone else, you know, argue that the other way could take years. And if you've just updated you know, a fact or a figure, why wouldn't that be to the benefit of Wikipedia? Um, so, um, so technically, not supposed to edit your own page, the difference between you doing it and someone else you know, or someone who doesn't know you is, is, you know, sort of covered at, at great, great length and a bunch of conflict of interest guidelines. Um, so the challenge with any of this is things can work great until they don't, um, right. you know, you can, you can, um, run into that a lot. It's, it's actually got a name in, in the Wikipedia world. It's called what about ism. And oftentimes you hear that, um, you know, Hey, I have a page, but why doesn't it look like Mark Cuban or what about the page for John D Rockefeller and, and, you know, the Wikipedia answer is it doesn't matter. The rules are the rules. But at the same time, people get very frustrated because they're comparing to other pages, um, you know, and that page may have gone through months and months and years of sort of arguing before it landed on the version that they're seeing today. Who are these people? So these are volunteers who just want Wikipedia to be the best it can. Are they, 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 seem to have no life there so anyone can volunteer to be a wikipedia editor and specialize in anything that they want so it's one of the great uh beauties of crowdsourcing and also one of the great negatives one of the challenges is you tend to get um certain types of content are very very well covered if you want to find something that happened in star trek season two you're you're going to get chapter and verse if you're looking for sub-saharan female politicians it's a lot weaker so um the wikipedia community as a whole is aware of that and tries to to bring in um uh, new editors for underrepresented areas through edit-a-thons and, and things like that. Um, but just as you have any 
sort of crowdsourced or online entity. You have people who take great delight in trolling or who have, you know, a belief system that they feel like they um, are going to patrol or enforce. And um, sometimes that goes overboard, uh, just like anywhere, but it can be very frustrating because just to jump in, it seems like there are all these rules that you need to learn immediately before, um, you know, you're able to edit successfully. So there've been a number of initiatives. There's something called the Tea House um, with the idea that it will help new people get up to speed um, sooner, but you, you get all types of people interested in all types of different things. So you, you host webinars and things like mm -hmm. that. So, so on this topic, so, so why couldn't somebody who wanted their own page, go to one of these webinars, learn the rules, study, and then successfully do their own page? Um, they possibly could. Okay. I mean, there's, uh, yeah. there, there's, there's plenty of guidance on Wikipedia as well. You, you certainly don't need a, a webinar uh, we're doing to do it. Wikipedia will give you all the instructions on uh, how to do it and how to do it successfully. Um, I just tend to caveat that by telling people I, I also have the ability to go out and, and change the oil in my car um, and have all the instructions on how to do it. But uh, it's worked out very, very poorly. Um, so yeah. Um, for some people, that is an option. If it seems like something that you're like, this sounds, you know, fascinating, or I really, really, really have decided this is a goal. Um, there, there's plenty of guidance out there um, about how to do it. And, and, you know, if it's of interest to, to people listening that, you know, Wikipedia itself has a ton of, of guidance on it. So what do you do if somebody comes to you and says, I want to hire you, I want to pay you a bloody fortune to do this for me, but they just don't have the credibility out there? Do you say, no, we can't take you as a client always? Um, generally, we do say no. And a lot of what we do is education. Um, if someone is it shows up with, you know, a million dollars, what we would probably suggest is here's what you need to do. Um, you know, to get the kind of coverage to show how notable you are that would be useful uh, in getting a page on Wikipedia to stick. Um, the challenge is, um, and, and sometimes it's a judgment call, right? Sometimes there are pages that might be 50-50, um, but most people have an expectation that they should have one. So, um, you know, the, the real challenge is is sort of doing that education and saying you're you're not there yet, um, which is something people, you know, are not always interested in hearing, um, which is why I think people may migrate to some of those sort of shadier sites or Upwork or something because someone will tell them what they want to hear. Mm -hmm. um, no, no one likes to, you know, hear no, especially about... Um, you know, what they view as part of themselves, right? I have an identity, I should be on Wikipedia, who are you to tell me no? Uh, and, and, you know, sort of the thing we've evolved to is it's much easier to, you know, tell someone no, than if we try and it doesn't work out, um, you know, that's a much worse experience for everyone. So when did it get so hard to get on Wikipedia? And do, would... does it get harder every day? Anna here. 
Now, are you an entrepreneur who wants to write and publish a book about your own failures turned successes? Well, good news. That's what my company, Legacy Launchpad, does. Find out more at LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. That's LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. Now, should you do a book, you ask? I think so. Why? Because you're worth it. Now back to the show. I would say over the last two years, it's it's gotten considerably harder. Um, it's probably a little convenient and easy to blame the pandemic, but at the same time, there are a lot of people who had more time on their hands. And I would say that um, just the black and white nature of a lot of arguments um, it, in the world has spilled over into Wikipedia. Um, there's also the people who volunteer um, to edit Wikipedia and believe in a free encyclopedia. That's that's sort of a, almost a socialist mindset. So they tend not to be favorably disposed to do, um, you know, favors or look favorably on uh, people they see as sort of benefiting from, I don't know, the capitalist system sometimes. Um, so um, you'll oftentimes see a lot of pushback on well-known companies or well-known entrepreneurs with people who are sort of using Wikipedia as a platform for whatever their particular issue might be, mm. um, you know, which, you know, there's stuff that should be covered and there's a way it's supposed to be covered that Wikipedia has, again, hundreds of pages of guidelines on, um, but people see it as a, a place where they can sort of influence, um, you know, popular viewpoints given the visibility Wikipedia tends to have. Right. Okay. So let's get into, since this is sounding like an insurmountable battle for many, many people, let's get into how the, the things they can control and the things they mm-hmm. can do. What's the number one suggestion you have? I would say the number one thing is take a look at what happens when someone Googles your name or the name of your book or whatever it is that you're focused on. Oftentimes what you'll, because that's essentially how people view you. They Google your name, they see, okay, what comes up when I, when I see Anna David and Google, and that's sort of their view of reality. So oftentimes, and what I think a lot of authors don't realize is the number of things that show up there that you actually have a significant amount of control on that first page of Google. If you have your own website, you can control almost everything that shows up in that Google squib, the title and the description come right off of your website. So you have the ability to control um, that, you know, is it Josh Green, founder of the Mather Group, or is it Josh Green, basketball star, um, or founder of Paw Patrol? You know, these are all things that would ripple through if I had them on my page. Um, Some of them more impressive to my kids than others. Um, but then you also typically have a bunch of other results. You might have a Facebook page, you might have a a LinkedIn page there, you might have a Goodreads page, you might have an Amazon page. Over on the right side, you might have a knowledge panel with your picture and and links to some of your books. Um, For the vast majority of those, you have the ability to have a sentence or two um, as sort of your tagline in them. 
and that will influence what's showing up on the first page. Meaning you go to your personal website and put that? Yes. So, um, so most, um, most social media platforms or website authoring tools will let you put a title in for a web page, and they will also let you put in what's called a meta description. And probably 60% of the time, Google will just pull that meta description right into the results. Um, you'll see it if you uh, Google someone you know who's on LinkedIn. Some people will just have a default, you know, LinkedIn is the world's biggest platform for something, something, something. Other people who put like a headline on their LinkedIn bio will have, um, you know, Anna David, world's greatest publishing expert. Um, one of those is a lot better to show up in Google for you than the other. So should everybody put world's greatest expert on blah, blah, blah? Um, it depends what you're, what you're trying to do. Um, you know, it, uh, I, I think a lot of it, and I think you go into this a lot is, is how are people presenting themselves? Um, you know, and, and what is your sort of claim to fame and what do people, um, what do you want people to know you for? So, um, you know, do you want to be known for publishing or, or writing or, um, you know, what, what do you want that title to be? So, um, I mean, that's a pretty cool tip. So if I look at mine, cause of course I just Googled myself yeah. as you were talking. So it says Anna Benjamin David is an American publisher, which is great. That's what I want first. Mm -hmm. But why couldn't I go into my, you know, metadata and say Anna David is one of the world's leading experts on publishing? I could. And you it could and it, up there. Yeah, basically. If you look at um, you know, what shows up under your name for your site. It's got New York Times bestselling author, and then it has a bunch of, of bullet points about the different things that you do. Yeah. Um, you'll notice that that's just pulling the uh, sort of that, that first line is straight off of your website. And then it's got a bunch of bulleted things, um, which oftentimes is a uh, sign that Google's not sure exactly what to um put there. And so, yeah, there are, there are options for you, depending on what people, what you would like people to first see about you when they Google you, right? Maybe, um, maybe you want to have something different than what's showing up there. And that's something that you can, um, you know, fairly straightforwardly tinker around with and see how it changes in Google. And oftentimes it, it, you know, re-indexes a couple times a week. So you can keep tinkering with it till you get it showing up a little bit more uh, the way you want to. Well, if you look at mine, this weird thing is that it goes TV personality, journalist, journalist, TV personality, journalist. That sure seems like a waste of space, this constant repetition. I, I didn't do that. So, right. That's Google is trying to figure out. Who the hell um, is she? They're saying. Right. Versus. You know, there's, um, you know, if you go into your site and um, look at your meta description, which I'm doing right now, it's it's just says, you know, New York Times bestselling author, podcaster, storyteller, and publisher. 
If you went into wherever you manage your website and changed that meta description to a couple of actual sentences, I suspect in a week, you'd probably see that rippling through to the Google results and it would probably replace the stuff that's there right now. Because um, that's a little bit of Google going, I'm not entirely sure what to put here. I know AnnaDavid.com is pretty important for someone searching on Anna David, but I'm having trouble figuring out how to how to sort of summarize that. So um, great tip. Yeah. So, okay, so I love it. So does it make sense then for people to put the same, let's say they're going to do a sentence sentence on on their personal website and all their social media? Does that increase the likelihood of that? Amazing. It probably does. Um, you know, I think it's it's sort of the the marketing adage about repetition, right? If everywhere I go, people go, "Hey, Josh is the Wikipedia guy," that improves the chances that someone's going to remember, "Hey, Josh is the Wikipedia guy." Um, you know, you you have a few more hyphens uh, in your name, but. Um, if you had, uh, you know, um, if you, if you had one thing you were really, really, really wanted people to know you for, then yes, I would do that. Otherwise I would adjust it, um, based on the particular platform. You know, I, I know some people have, um, a very different approach, say to, uh, Instagram, you know, um, and if you look and scroll down to where, you know, your Instagram feed is in Google, um, you probably don't want to mess too much with what you're saying visibly on Instagram because you put thought into it. But you can see how the how you're self described in your bio on Instagram ripples through into Google. Um, so I would say it, it depends what you're using each platform for. But if you do have something that you're, um, you know, really want people to lock in on, then, then yeah, you might want to promote that, you know, sort of everywhere you go. That's a good tip. So uh, this begs the question, why do you not have a Wikipedia page? So, you know, it is a good question. Also, my SEO is very challenging because there are a couple of very famous Josh Greens out there. So, so why don't you use a middle initial? Um. That is actually a good question, but the vast majority of um, people I work with or people I know or referrals, um, it's very unusual, both in the SEO and Wikipedia space, um, to end up with, with sort of totally cold clients because it's essentially your personal image that you're putting out there on both SEO and Wikipedia. So you generally want someone you feel confident you have a relationship with. You're not worried that they're, um, you know, an international company that's going to steal your identity and not publish anything. Um, Wikipedia wise, I, I just don't meet the criteria for being notable enough. So um, well, this podcast airs. I you think once I'm this saying? podcast airs, Forget I get my, it. my web presence, Wikipedia, there's, there's no telling. The doors that are going to. Um, now, I have no doubt that if this was something that was important to you, you would pursue it and, and make it happen. But but that you like being the behind the scenes guy, it seems. Yeah, I mean, there's um, 
Yeah, I, I don't think that this is, you know, a field where if you're out and super self-promotional, that's necessarily, um, you know, a great thing for your clients sometimes even. Mm. So um, a lot of what we're doing is focusing on visibility for our clients. So, um, you know, I don't think it necessarily helps them all that much if I'm out screaming about the world's 20 greatest SEO tricks or something like that. So you're about to tell me the second tip because the first one was really awesome. So the second tip better live up to that. What is your second tip for the writer? Wow, that is, yeah. Um, The other thing I would say, especially for authors, and I'm not an expert on it, but there is a whole lot of optimization of your content within Amazon, within some of the other places um, that plays a big role. Um, So for example, when we look at your Amazon profile, it's got, you know, Anna David transforms entrepreneurial thought leaders into best-selling authors so they can attract higher quality clients. That is, you know, a fantastic description and maybe one you should use um, elsewhere. But for a lot of authors, that page on Amazon, that author's page um, just plays a huge role in terms of um, how people view you, whether they buy your other books, um, all of those sorts of things. And, you know, for a lot of authors, I suspect that... um, you know, is essentially their first page on the internet. It's, it's sort of the gateway where they, they, yeah. uh, you know, get introduced to one of your books and then sort of, uh, you know, are like, oh, a Tom Sizemore book, a dumpster fire book, lots of, you know, posts and everything. And I'm sure, um, you know, that, that you've gone into this a whole lot, but, um, you know, I would just emphasize the, the point that in some ways, this is another front page gateway to you on the internet. And Amazon gives you a whole lot more control than Google does because they want you to sell books. So yeah. they're giving you a lot of tools to mess with that page. And if you were going to point someone to you, you know, this is a great place to start because there's an e-commerce function attached to it. Obviously, you have a lot of things going on, but if you're a first-time author and you build this out, you may not need your own website, which is, you know, another thing that that can be a giant time suck if you're not careful. You can just build out the Amazon page and, and point people there or something similar so that you're, you know, spending the time on the stuff that is is your area of expertise, um, rather than, you know, uh, you know, trying to do a website at the same time, you're trying to do many, many other things. So tip number one is go in and change your meta descriptions and possibly make them all the same and make them all the same if that's what you want. So, so in terms of my Amazon, when I look at that, that looks like nonsense and BS. I should be putting my credibility in the first transforms on. It's a great sentence. Sure. I'm a good writer. But that does not, that's not what I want to show up. I want something that is not debatable, like those credibility stamps. Mm-hmm. So I'm now telling yeah. you what your second tip is. Um, wh- yes. Would you like to add to your second tip? Yes. Well, I'd like to amend my first tip to both the descriptions and the title of your pages. 
Okay. So those two things are going to be the the most important things controlling what's showing up in Google. And then if I was going to pick a second tip, I would also optimize your Amazon page um, to make sure it lines up with exactly what you want people to get out of it. Love it. What is your third tip? Are you frozen or thinking? I was thinking. Um, <laughs> sorry, I should have indicated that. Um, yeah, and I mean, I think you could move a lot of the credibility statements up, um, you know, especially the New York Times bestselling author that I think carries a lot of weight um, as opposed to some of the other sort of, um, you know, paid for things that, that people can get. Um, you know, you've got, you've got published books, you've got, you know, a million places that you've been quoted, appeared, been profiled. Um, so I think that's, uh, you know, another place that people are, are really going to find you. Um, now, let me ask you about those photos. Can people control the photos that show up? And if In so, how? Google or Amazon? Um, well, Amazon, they, they can, but Google yeah. and let's, and also let's say Wikipedia, is it, is it, you know, kind of naming the photos, the right thing? Does that help? It does. Um, so there, there are a couple of things that go into it. Um, I would say that, um, similarly places you can control, um, you have some ability to, influence how they're showing up and, and what's going on. So like the one that's on your site, you can do um, instead of a meta tag, it's called a little bit more of an alt tag where you're sort of saying, if this photo doesn't load, this is what um, this is what it's of. This is a picture of Anna David, the author, um, so that Google really knows that. And then it's sort of an optimization thing that's going on in the background. So if you search on images, you're going to get a mix of, of ones that you've put up as well as ones that are appearing in reputable sources. And then Google's sort of looking at both the sources and which ones get traffic and get linked to. Um, so there's, there's a whole lot going on behind the scenes. Um, so you're seeing, you know, the first three for you are coming from your website, page6.com and Wikipedia. Um, so, you know, depending on what your, your goals are, there are some things you can do to optimize that. The other thing I would really recommend, and maybe we'll make this tip three, is if you um, have that stuff on the right side of Google, that's called the knowledge panel. If there's a button called claim your knowledge panel there, um, you should do that. It will give you a great deal of control over what's showing up there. Um, and that, that can play a big role, both in the pictures and the content that's showing up there. So there's a bit of a verification process, but if you search on yourself and at the bottom of that stuff on the top right side, it says, claim your knowledge panel, you should, you should definitely do that. Um, does, does everybody get that or no? No, it starts showing up when Google feels like it has enough facts about the person who's being searched on to sort of say, here's some useful data on that person. 
Um, so it's a function of how many um, tidbits about you are out there, how much press has been out there, um, and also, unfortunately, how common your name is. Um, so, you know, it doesn't appear that there are a whole lot of Anna Davids, um, you know, which, which makes it something that's going to show up a little bit quicker um, versus, you know, if there are three or four or five Josh Greens out there, um, you know, that, that uh, will take a little longer before it pops up. Got it. Um, yeah, I just looked up a friend of mine who I consider very prominent, and she's got no knowledge graph. What could she do? But she's highly Googleable. She just a has lot to do of... more. <laughs> well, that that would be the short answer. Um, a lot of times, it's a question of taking a look at at sort of their public profile and seeing, um, you know, what's what's going on with it. Um, Often, you know, one of the nice things is is Google tends to view books as very important. So as as books come out, that often is something that will trigger the knowledge panel showing up. Um, you know, it's one of those things we can take a look at um, and sort of see if there's something that that stands out there. Um, but oftentimes, and, and a lot of people have spent a lot of time trying to reverse engineer exactly what causes it to pop up and when. Um, but if it is there, you want to take advantage of it. If it's not there, it's one of those things just to keep an eye on as, as Google search results change. Um, and the other thing sometimes that's that's interesting is oftentimes that may appear or disappear based on your um, search term that you use. So if you did your friend's name plus, I don't know, author plus billionaire, that might be a very different search result than you got on just the name. Um, mm -hmm. So oftentimes what happens is you'll see one of those on something that's a very long search, you know, um, Anna David author, LA party girl might produce a very different search result than just searching on your name. So um, you can uh, have a lot of fun trying to figure out what exactly will get it to, to trigger it. Um, you know, and, and oftentimes, uh, like a lot of this, the more your public profile goes up, the more these sorts of things sort of organically happen. Yeah. It's interesting. If I do that, the book comes up as the knowledge graph, which mm -hmm. I didn't even know could happen, but that's interesting. Right. I've now given you a fun thing to do for the next half hour. And I love Googling myself. So that's super fun. <laughs> um, now, let's say people wanted to reach out to you and find out about your services. Um, I know you said it's usually just referral, but technically this would be a referral if they heard mm. it on this podcast. Um, how would they do that? We're at uh, the Mather Group LLC.com. Um, We've got a contact page. We've got a weekly newsletter. We've got, as you mentioned, webinars monthly. So if people want to reach out through that, happy to add them to any and all. Um, and I think my scheduler is on there too. If people want to set up a time and have questions, always happy to talk about this stuff. Well, Josh, this has been so informative. I'm terribly grateful. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you wanted to add? I think it's, been a very thorough conversation. And I think it, it's probably for a lot of people, the important thing is keep focusing on their main thing. You know, there's a lot of 
ancillary stuff you can waste a lot of time on versus, you know, doing the stuff that you're unique at is, is probably, you know, a good piece of life advice. Ironically is probably going to help you more with this goal than trying to set up your own Wikipedia page. It, it definitely will. Um, there are, you know, as I'm sure a lot of people do, a lot of bright, shiny objects out there and and sometimes just avoiding the bright, shiny objects and putting your blinders on can get you where you want to go. Gosh, you are a Wikipedia expert as well as a philosopher. And I am so grateful to you for coming to share all of this with my listeners and listeners. I'm so grateful to you for listening and uh, I will talk to you next week. Thanks for joining me this week on Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with Anna David. For more info about the show, go to entrepreneurpublishing.academy where you can get links to show notes and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, and all the other places. Speaking of those places, if you got anything out of this show, I can't tell you how much I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes and please... Don't forget you can tell an author or entrepreneur friend about the show. Another forget-me-not, my company Legacy Launchpad Publishing is available to help industry leaders and those with stories to share at any stage in their publishing journeys, whether that's writing, editing, or publishing. Just go to LegacyLaunchpadPub.com to find out more. And be sure to tune in next week for next week's episode. You know, if you subscribe, you never have to worry about missing one.